Hace Inglés presenta Into the Story, el podcast para aprender inglés con historias reales contadas por gente de todo el mundo. It doesn't get much worse than breaking a bone. But what about breaking two bones at the same time, the week before starting a new job? I've been very, very drunk, failed to recognize the floor approaching rapidly and uh, didn't like absorb the landing in any way. Uh, so I just kind of landed with straight legs and smashed into the pavement. As painful and shocking as it sounds, Simon's attitude is far from sad or disappointed. On today's episode, Simon shares his story of how a night of singing karaoke turned into six weeks in a wheelchair. We'll hear how he used this experience as the starting point for a new life as an entrepreneur in Barcelona. We're calling this story, Wheeling Your Way to Success. Before we begin listening, let's talk about some of the vocabulary and expressions you'll hear Simon say. A landing. A landing is basically when something goes from being in the air to being on the earth. So a plane makes a landing. A bird can make a landing. Es un aterrizaje. Aterrizaje, which is an extremely difficult word for an English speaker to say, by the way. You'll hear Simon talking about absorbing a landing when he refers to not landing very well after jumping from a tall surface. To fade. To fade is when something slowly or gradually becomes less and less. You'll hear Simon talking about his level of adrenaline fading. To crawl around. To crawl around or simply to crawl is when you move around on your hands and feet. Crawling is what a baby does before walking. To bear weight. To bear weight is basically to poner o soportar peso. You'll hear in the story that Simon is told not to bear weight on either of his legs. Not to poner peso en ninguna de sus piernas. And finally, to be shattered. To be shattered. To be shattered has a few different meanings, one of which is to be very drunk. However, in this story, it is used as an adjective for broken. For example, if you dropped a glass on the floor, it would shatter. Just a quick note on pronunciation and accents. We recorded this interview online with Simon, so you may notice that the sound quality isn't as clear as it could be. Try to listen closely to Simon's Yorkshire British accent, and you may hear him cutting off the last letters of a word, for example, Manchester instead of Manchester, or dropping the H at the beginning of a word, for example, om instead of home. If you need some more help understanding Simon's story, remember each episode you can get a full vocabulary and listening comprehension activities on our website, acingles.com. That's la letra A, letra C, ingles.com. And one last note here, this story deals with themes related to alcohol. So if you're with younger listeners, you may want to skip this one. Okay, let's get into the story. Many years ago in Manchester to celebrate finishing my first attempt at having a job 
uh, where I'd worked like full time for a year after finishing being a full time student uh, and hadn't really enjoyed very much. And I thought, well, good idea is I'll quit this job and start a new job that pays a lot more money. Going to be a team manager for Barclay Card, a credit card company. Um, so anyway, to celebrate escaping from the previous job, which had been been a team manager in Ticketmaster, I uh, decided to go out for a drink, which is like the tradition in England. Well, you notice a big difference when you first moved to Spain. Very sensible drinking culture that they have here of drinking a very small beer very slowly. Uh, whereas in England, we have the very unhealthy habit, as you'll see, drinking a very large beer very quickly and then repeating this process multiple times until you are very drunk. We ended up in a karaoke bar, finished the night by singing I Did It My Way by Frank Sinatra, and then had this kind of like Frank Sinatra style vibe going on in the drunkness. And on leaving the bar, saw a shipping container and thought, Ah, a good idea would be to climb up on that shipping container and do kind of like a Frank Sinatra style dance on top of the shipping container, which I did, I'm sure, very well. But what failed me was the landing skills, because uh, when I jumped off the shipping container, I, being very, very drunk, failed to recognize the floor approaching rapidly and uh, didn't like absorb the landing in any way. Uh, so I just kind of landed with straight legs and smashed into the pavement. Uh, which hurt, uh, which should be a sign. If you feel pain after probably like 12 pints of strong ale, uh, this is probably a sign, if this happens to anybody else in the future, that you should probably go immediately to the hospital. Um, <laughs> but I didn't because uh, we had a big like party planned and I was DJing at the party. So I was like, no, we must go on. So I managed to uh, get to the bus with the aid of some friends, kind of arms over the shoulders of the friends, get on the bus. That's where we're going. When we got off the bus at the other side, it was like really hurting. Maybe the kind of adrenaline was fading, the alcohol was fading. It's like, oh, I don't think I can walk any further. So my equally drunk uh, friends also heading to the party with me had the amazing idea of we saw this big like in the UK outside the pubs they have these like, massive bins on wheels where they put all the bottles empty bottles so they took the giant bin sat me on top of the bin and then wheeled me about a kilometre uh, back to the uh, back to the party uh, where I was DJing just kind of abandoning this ball bin out on a nice residential family street in uh, the suburbs of Manchester uh, unfortunately I managed to DJ, I was being quite tall, I'm like six foot two, 188 centimeters. So I was able to DJ kneeling, just kind of reaching up to the decks. Uh, so the, par the, the party was saved. And the next thing really was waking up the next morning. The first thing I noticed was the pain in my head. And then I'm trying to get out of the bed and stand up, the like screaming pain in, in the ankles. And then I looked at my ankles and they were like watermelons. So I had to kind of crawl down the stairs and then say to my friend, who like my flatmate, who had a car, I think you need to drive me to the hospital. The nurse was like, oh, can you just walk up and down for me? <laughs> so I was like trying to walk him down, like, oh, this really hurts. She was like, hmm. And she sent me for an x-ray. And then uh, when she came back, she's like, oh, 
I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. They sort of sat me down, put me in a bed, said, yeah, yeah, it's, it's critical that you don't bear any weight on either leg because you've, like, shattered the right ankle and, like, uh, cracked the left heel, like, all the way through. Uh, so it's probably going to be some surgery needed on the ankle and uh, you need both in a cast and, yeah, you can't put any weight on either leg. So who's your GP, um, like, your general practitioner? But I've um, been from Yorkshire. Yorkshire men don't go to the doctor. Uh, so I've never been to the doctor. I've never registered with a GP. Uh, so I didn't have one. And they're like, oh, you don't have one. Ah, oh, but you need a GP in order to get a wheelchair. Wheelchair is provided by your GP, not from the hospital. I was like, oh, what do I do then? So I was, mm, I don't know. They disappeared for like literally like two hours. And then <laughs> they came back. They're like, they had a pair of crutches. And I was like, a pair of crutches? And like, but you told me before, it was absolutely imperative that I didn't bear weight on <laughs> either leg. Uh, so yeah, if you've ever tried to use crutches without putting either foot on the floor, it's it's quite a, <laughs> a difficult process. And then on the Monday, the most kind of, well, what I thought was just going to be an embarrassing thing was the thought of having to call the new job and tell them, ah, oh, uh, just to warn you, I'll hopefully if i can find one be coming in a wheelchair but when i rang them they said ah slight problem there in that the building it's an old building is not wheelchair accessible uh so that was the first realization of oh dear i am now unemployed uh and then having to ring kind of like the social security place to say ah oh, look um look i just finished my job, I had a new job lined up, I've broken both my legs, is there anything I can do? Like, well, you'll have to come down to the office. It's like, oh. And then when I finally managed to make it down to the kind of social security office, uh, after having finally found a wheelchair and dragged myself down there, they told me, oh no, you've not paid enough social security in the previous however many years, because I was a student, basically. Uh, so you're not entitled to claim anything. Wheelchair bound for six weeks and then on crutches for about, I think, another six weeks after that. I mean, on the bright side, I was doing a part-time master's at the time, which I had made zero progress on uh, before having broken the legs. And I think the only reason I've actually completed the master's was because I was just stuck in the house for six weeks. Uh, so, you know, that was a bonus. Uh, and I watched many, many DVD box sets. Say so the first day I got out of the wheelchair and had the cast taken off. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a shock because literally just couldn't stand up by myself. Getting about was still like a considerable challenge. I mean, I'm the kind of person that has just kind of glasses always half full uh, kind of perspective. So like, I rehabilitated myself uh, from the broken legs and then got like really into uh, strength training, fitness training. I hated the first job I did, and I think, you know, there was a lot of built-up tension there, uh, released in this kind of cathartic experience. Maybe it was some kind of unconscious way of saying, don't do this again, don't work again. And I, you know, unconsciously broke both my legs to try and sabotage going to do another kind of nine-to-five office job. It didn't quite work. Uh, so after that, I went on again and, like, I worked one more year, exactly one year in the next company before quitting saying no more of this and then ended up qualifying as like a personal trainer and then quit my the second job to 
start like a personal training business and working for myself. I read a book called The 4-Hour Work Week by a guy called Tim Ferriss, this American author, uh, which was kind of like how to uh, make a living, um, but that requires very little input in terms of time, so like four hours a week, rough guideline, and they can do from anywhere, kind of like digital nomad style lifestyle. Um, so I read this book, started uh, these kind of online businesses, which gave me the kind of freedom to travel and move around, um, which is more incentive to keep both legs functioning. Okay, that's all for today. Si te ha gustado este podcast y quieres seguir escuchando, puedes visitar nuestra página web aceingles.com, donde tendrás todos los episodios de Into the Story. También encontrarás algunas actividades y materiales de cada episodio para ayudarte a mejorar tu inglés. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a good time or at least a good story to tell.